0: hello everyone welcome to episode two of season two of shreds takes i'm your host michael shredder and i am glad to be joined by three members of the amherst men's tennis team harris willie and damien guys welcome to the uh to the show and uh look forward to talking some tennis with you guys
1: thanks for having thanks, us buddy. so thanks. i guess we'll get
0: yeah i guess we'll get right into it um and you know it's been interesting within tennis, uh, especially with, uh, you know, Novak Djokovic and his uh, interesting charity event that has now caused a lot of players and even NBA players who were at that event to contract coronavirus. Uh, I guess I'll ask you guys, you're, you know, obviously since you guys, you know, follow Novak very closely because he's, you know, an incredible tennis player. Um, you know, what were your initial thoughts on the event? And I guess also within that too, You know, where do you see this being a big problem when with just tennis reopening in general um, with big tournaments coming up, too, even if there are no fans? So whoever wants to start, go ahead.
2: I I mean, I guess I'll start. Um, So first of all, I think I think the event was a bad idea. I think that Djokovic is someone who's known to have like no respect for viruses or like I I think he's come out and been a no vaccine, a no vaccine person in the past um i think it was just a little bit i was just like he just showed a little respect for the virus and people's contracted around the world and yeah i think so that's the first part of the question um i don't know if harris game wants to continue but i'm happy to keep talking too
1: yeah i think i mean it's a rare time that tennis makes the mainstream news so unfortunately uh, we bad news but i mean i think it was tough because they claim that they followed all the protocols in Serbia, they're playing going around in sort of Eastern European countries and playing. But even if they were following the protocols, I think knowing that this going to be viewed across the globe, which has such an international appeal. And they also got two other top 10 players in the third team. So knowing that it's going to be viewed all over and knowing sort of the message that it sends when the crowds were packed, no one's wearing masks there. Everything's sort of going on as normal. They're all sitting partying at the clubs at night. I think I think that was a little insensitive if they were following the protocol. So obviously hindsight is easy to criticize. But maybe the tournament itself was a good idea, Tennis is trying to get going again. There's some other events that are having some success. But I think it's a little bit more sensitive to the message you were sending out from Robert.
2: Begin to the mic. It's hard to
0: hear you. Yeah. What? Go ahead, Damien.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it's obvious that they're all pretty eager to get out there and start playing tennis again. But I think it was just poorly timed, and I think they weren't very careful about it. Um, I mean, there are videos online right now that, like, Djokovic and Dimitrov are all practicing, so they clearly aren't really focused on staying healthy and away from the virus. And I just think it was, like, poorly timed, and they should have really paid attention to quarantining rather than trying to get back out there and you know start tennis again
2: you know but at the same time i think i think tennis had a huge opportunity during the virus i mean tennis is a rare sport unlike basketball or football or soccer where where you don't have to be next to the person to play there doesn't there can be you can play an entire tennis match without ever touching a person or like you could even like have different people serve with different balls so really no one has to touch the ball and people were so starved for sports in the last three months I do think tennis kind of missed an opportunity with um, in that they probably could have played with no fans and I think they would have gotten a crazy amount of views so there's also that piece to tennis and the virus
0: yeah just just to chime in a little bit um, I think the thing I took away from it too again is the insensitivity part of it but I think the big thing I realized too is yeah, like the fact that like it it the people just packed together because again, tennis you don't really I mean yeah, like fans are important, but tennis could easily come back just because the fact of it just being like you're playing a big distance away from someone and that makes a huge difference. I think the issue of why it won't come back is just the fact that it isn't really like they haven't really, I guess, discussed heavily plans of it yet, like about like they're still like wondering like could the US Open still happen or could Wimbledon happen. Um, like I see it, definitely I see the Australian Open uh, definitely occurring. Obviously, I think that like that would be one I would definitely like put my money on and saying that that could definitely occur. I'm a little bit more skeptical about the U.S. Open and Wimbledon just because I don't know. Because the issue with tennis, in the sense, is that you have so many people coming up to you and giving you towels or giving you balls, and I guess like you have like the players just come in with their own like you know fresh set of like that kind of stuff. But it's just I they haven't really I don't I, I haven't really read enough. About how they're thinking about dealing with that, because the distance part's easy, but it's just that other stuff. Because again, you're you have just dudes like throwing you know tennis balls to you every time you're like looking to serve, right? So it's that's a little bit difficult and so on, right?
1: Yeah, I think one of the main challenges isn't necessarily playing tennis balls; it's more getting everyone
0: in the tournament,
1: running a safe, bringing guys in, guys up all over the globe, and they're also with them. They're bringing maybe four or five guys in the with them. So, you get all small, condensed space, only the tournaments are pretty highly really packed, even without fans as far as golfers go and things like that. Logistically, it's pretty hard to put that Well, I know that for the U.S. Open,
3: at least, I mean, they're only having one person come with the players, and then none of them are allowed to stay in New York. They're all staying at the, the airport hotel. So, I think they're just trying to mi- minimize, like, the amount of contact between two different people, or, like, other people. Um, but there are definitely ways around touching balls and, you know, ball boys and umpires. So I don't know what they're planning on doing with that, but I feel like they can get around.
0: Yeah, I mean, just, the reason I was – you know, I'll stay that statement, too, is because Andy Murray came out recently and saying how – I think he. I think what his statement was specifically was that the U.S. and French Open should take more precedence. I think, and what he like claimed it. I found that interesting because I feel like Wimbledon is, if anything, like I, I associate Wimbledon as like a like the biggest tournament. I could be wrong there, but I mean, I, I always associate Wimbledon. Um, you know, like again, yeah, I'm just like with that kind of like with a huge feel of just like success for the players and also just like it's really well known with like just people who are not necessarily tennis followers themselves. Like everyone knows, I guess, what the Wimbledon is. And I guess maybe for him, you know, the fact that like, you know, maybe he wants to not play in front of his English crowd is maybe is one thing. I don't know. Um, but I just found it interesting that he wouldn't mention Wimbledon at all because I feel like if anything, Wimbledon would want be something he wanted to play for. Because, I mean, I feel like he would want to play in front of his home country, even though, but the problem is maybe he's also thinking the fact that like the coronavirus you are not going to be playing in front of your home fans. So he's like, I'd rather just play somewhere else in my own country. I don't know if you guys read anything about that, but I don't know what you guys think about that.
2: Yeah, I kind of think so. I saw that too. Um, Not so much the Wimbledon French Open U.S. Like, obviously, I mean, they're just the biggest tournaments of the year. Um, But he just kind of disregarded a little bit, like, lower-ranked guys depend on um, smaller tournaments in order to get their ranking up and actually make a living doing it. And not everyone can get into the French Open U.S. Open. So, I don't know, like... Yeah, the French and U.S. Open are important because the top ten guys can go try to win a slam, but at the same time, like, 90% of professional tennis players are missing out on tons of income um, from those smaller tournaments not happening, so.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Wimbledon's canceled already for this year, but they rescheduled the French Open for after the U.S. Open. Um, But I read a little bit about it. I think he's trying to recover too from an injury, so maybe, was he talking about himself a little bit in terms of his own priorities and returning to tennis
0: yeah yeah, he's, yeah talking about, so, he's talking about his own priorities
3: yeah so that might be it um i know they have like the battle of the brits coming up where you know they have like the top british players playing but i think i don't know maybe he's just pretty focused on returning for these grand slams that are scheduled already but i agree with willie that he needs to also focus on the smaller tournaments because that's where like the lower ranked players really try and come up and make their own money and earn a living. Um, so kind of a selfish statement.
1: Yeah, I think from my understanding, he was looking at the upcoming schedule that they came out with this condensed schedule. I think there's six tournaments coming up. And after that, they haven't really planned what's going to happen. And they're playing back-to-back weeks, six straight weeks. And two of the events are the French Open and the U.S. Open. So I think he's speaking sort of, bluntly saying that obviously these two tournaments are the biggest tournaments. They're two of the four grand slams that are played every year. So those are the priorities for him and probably for everyone else. But I think as Willie and Damien have said, there are some interesting implications of the new schedule where these lower ranked guys first aren't getting to play because there's only six professional tournaments, They're not bringing back. Whether many people know it or not, there's so many tiers of professional tennis events that a lot of lower ranked guys rely on and those aren't happening but also has some interesting implications for the top guys because already Djokovic and Nadal have both said they might only play one of the two majors with the French Open and the U.S. Open, which is sort of unheard of because then we're likely going to get maybe a first-time winner at these huge events that have been dominated by these big guys. And then also these other events, I mean, two of the other six events are sort of slightly below the majors, but they're huge tier events that are sort of, um, very highly sought after to win and I think a lot of guys are going to be skipping those so you're going to have these lower ranked guys maybe competing for these huge titles that they've never had a chance to compete for before which is going to be interesting
0: I think it could give an opportunity for even guys like time and others uh that are like you know highly ranked um I I think is yeah again like the even like even Federer in his old age is still you know playing really well um and you know he might with like you know Djokovic and Nadal might be a little more sensitive to, you know, the COVID situation because, I mean, he, you know, he's obviously probably not immunely compromised. He's older than a lot of the other guys. So, again, it might he might want to be a little bit more cautious of when he comes back onto the, you know, tennis grounds and stuff like that. But I think that it's just it, – again, it's yeah, it, the big thing is it's, it's going to be difficult if you – kind of get rid of all those like smaller tournaments too because again like that is where a lot of the lower ranked players make their mark right that's a lot of the times that like, they get their money from right and the one thing I get like in a sense is that yeah let's say Nadal or Djokovic don't play you might have just some random guy who you know it's been like you know ranked or whatever but you know not me not as heard of like you just said you know and then now, now we're thinking about like you know what's tennis going to be like going forward like who, who how do you re-rank everyone and that's going to be interesting and I think it's all right too no, it is It is interesting
2: for Federer. Federer, obviously, right now, he's the most grand slams of all times. He's considered the GOAT, but as soon as someone wins the same amount of slams as him and passes him, um, he'll no longer be considered the GOAT. So, I mean, grand slams getting canceled for Federer is kind of, I don't want to say a good thing, but in a sense it is because there's less opportunity for a guy like Djokovic and Rial to win another slam and cash him. So, I mean, for him... Yeah, I guess, yeah, it's not the worst thing in the world for these slams to be canceled because, I don't know, he gets to retain the most of all time.
3: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the break might be good for Federer too, but it's it's definitely helping him um, keep his goat status alive.
1: Especially he just had surgery, so even if he could play, he's taking the rest of the year off. So, yeah. definitely missing out on these huge events. He's, it's, it's not hurting him. He's all, no one else is sort of uh, accumulating ranking points. He's not really falling behind at all. So, yeah, maybe for him, he's lucked out the most.
0: You guys. Wow. Um, and he's now. Uh, go ahead, Willie. No, sorry, Mike. You go. Okay. No, I was just going to say, like, with all on the same lines, you know, when tennis comes back, you know, who do you think is best? Prepared coming back from that, do you think it's going to be like the young, like the younger players, or do you still think like those experienced, like top ranked guys are still going to be good no matter what? And it's still going to be hard for those younger, up and coming guys, such as like you know, you just like some younger guys down there. Like, is this going to be harder for them to come back up and win, or do you think it just, or do you think it's just like the younger guys are just better prepared because of this situation because they're just younger?
2: I am curious to see, like, how much longer Federer, Djokovic, and Nadal dominate. I mean, like, team is on their heels now. And, I don't know, Zverev's, I mean, been pushing it a little bit. Dimitrov's even had small breakthroughs here and here, here and there. So it's um, it's a question. I mean, they certainly have probably another two years at least um to completely dominate. But I would like to see team break through and win one. I mean, I'm kind of sick of the same three guys winning for the last 15 years. So it would be nice.
3: Um, Yeah, I mean, I think the three guys have a little bit more left in them, especially Federer now that he has a longer break. Um, I want to say, like, maybe Federer will retire after next year. Um, But I think Joe Commission and Nadal still have a few more years left in them before, you know, other guys break through. And it's going to be really tough for younger guys to kind of overtake them. But. I think team has a good chance of winning the French Open if Nadal drops off a little bit. I think, you know, Tsitsipas or Dimitrov has a good chance of winning, like, a hardcore tournament, a couple Masters, maybe a Grand Slam, but I think it's still a few more years.
1: Yeah, I think the break has leveled the playing field some. I think any guy – Djokovic generated huge momentum at the beginning of the year where he hadn't lost a match, so he sort of lost that. There were some other – but there are also some younger players sort of stepping up, winning some smaller events um and coming after them so it's level things I think it's going to be really interesting to see these this uh brief schedule that they play when they come back I mean maybe things will change once more tournaments get added but I mean these guys are coming in with very little sort of match preparation and they're playing some of the big, biggest events on the calendar every year so I think maybe it might favor some of these guys that maybe need less rhythm which might be some older guys but also some of the bigger hitters that maybe can just come in and blitz everyone else when no one else is than playing any matches so they might be able to take some people by surprise and um they won a huge event
0: yeah my position on it is that I think it's gonna bene- I think it's gonna be more beneficial to the older guys in a sense that like they'll be able to come back and it won't take them as long to get ready to go I think maybe like look they may take their bodies longer but in terms of just like their skill they're that they've been playing longer they're more experienced and it's not like you know Federer, Djokovic, Nadal you know, those guys are, you know, like, they, they're not, like, good anymore. They're still, you know, I just looked at the rankings today. Djokovic is, like, is one. Nadal's is two. And then I think Federer is four. Um, and, you know, team is three, which is, like, you know, I mean, I, I love to see him break through because he's 26 and he's got, you know, a great opportunity ahead of him for, like, well, how many matches he's already played and the skill level he possesses. But for those older guys, it's not going to take them as long to get their skill level back together because they've just been so good for so long it's going to take guys like Dimitrov for me. some other guys like even team just like it's going to take them a little bit longer just because even though team's really skilled and everything like that he's younger and he's, he hasn't played in the, and he hasn't won uh you know grand slam such as the other guys have right so that's going to be very tough um that's kind of see um it's, it's gonna be interesting obviously um I guess the last thing I'm gonna segue into is like who's like a younging. Besides team, because I think team is you know in its own right just kind of you know heads and shows a bunch above, above sorry a lot of the younger players. Um, but do you see some you know crazy kind of guy out of like you know people have not really talked about you know maybe coming in and surprising these top guys um, because you know I I normally just hear about the, the four I just names right and there are and, and I hear about Dimitrov as well and I've heard about some other guys like like, you know, Medevev, I think is his name. Um, I've heard about him. I can't pronounce his name well. But, uh, you know, it's just, you know, he's he's also another one I was thinking about. But, I mean, you guys go ahead. I mean, I just want to know what you guys think about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the question that tennis fans have been wondering about for probably the last 10, 12 years is who's going to be next. And Federer and Nadal Djokovic have done an unbelievable job of basically shutting out other generations of players who would maybe in – other eras would probably get a couple majors and win some huge events, but they've denied them. So I don't know. I mean, people are wondering, yeah, right now team is maybe the most likely to, to win one. Poss is doing quite well. Um, but there are some young guys that are maybe early 20s or even still teenagers that have had some big wins, have some huge games. So there are a couple of young Canadian guys, um, Shapoval and um Felix who have been playing unbelievable and then one guy at the beginning of the year who generated huge momentum was a Russian guy um Andrei Rublev who I think had only lost one match and won maybe three events so he's definitely one to look out for but yeah it does seem like maybe we're finally going to see some openings for some other guys after maybe 12-15 years of dominance
2: yeah along with Harris I would say other than team it's probably looking like um Felix is probably ne- next uh the next biggest favorite to take over. And then hopefully a young American will step up, like um maybe a Tiafo will step up and win a slam, or I don't know, maybe Opelka, he's got a big serve, big game. Um, yeah, I don't know. Some good guys coming through college who are pretty good. I'd like to see a guy who played college for four years do something in the pros. Um, which I don't know how many guys have really a great shot at that, maybe. I don't know. Maybe Willie B. But other than
1: that, J.J. Wolf, maybe.
2: J.J. Wolf. Um, yeah. I don't know. It is an interesting question. Yeah, I mean,
3: the same guys that Harris and Willie both said. I think maybe Medvedev might have a good chance of being the next guy to break through along the team just because he has a really tricky game and he's kind of like Djokovic. But I don't know. That's really it.
2: The the issue is too is these young, these guys won't have the careers that like Joe, Nadal, Federer. I would say like like team's cap is probably like is the best case scenario is he wins what like six or seven slams. Um, like if no one, it looks like no one's going to be winning twenty slams all anytime soon. I mean, Nadal won the French Open when he was like what seventeen. Um, so I mean, no no one's that no one's showing that much potential.
1: But the interesting thing is these top guys have basically totally skewed how people view maybe, like, successful players. Because we're looking at three guys who are probably the three best players to ever play all playing in the same era, which is unique to sports because a lot of times, whether it's the NBA, you're comparing LeBron and Jordan. Um, a lot of different sports, you're comparing eras. So right now, we're looking at three guys. So then, we're like, yes, these other guys, the cap is lower. But in past eras, winning five, six, seven majors is – you're suddenly maybe up there among maybe the top 10, 20 players ever. And now it's, it's really not as relevant.
0: Yeah. I guess it's, like the one thing I'm going to say quickly, um, will I let you go in a second, um, just the, the one thing I was going to say is that with like terms of basketball, like the, the, the great thing about tennis, like you said, is that you have like the three greatest players of all time playing now in basketball, you know, LeBron, people argue LeBron might be that, but you don't have, you know, the other, like the other players even like Kawhi Leonard or like, you know, uh, KD or Giannis they aren't there yet I mean like and their, and their cap is like you know yeah they will be a top 15 player maybe when it's all said and done I mean, LeBron's kind of cemented his legacy but it's like that's like and it's just weird I mean I, I think again like no one really talks about how good you know those three guys <laughs> and Dennis are all the time and how hard yeah it's like Willie and Harris You said it too it's just like how hard it's going to be for younger players who are still going to be looked at as successful they're gonna be like well, they're not Federer, Djokovic, and Nadal. They're, they're very good, but and, and that's that's hard to live up to, especially because the media, you know, always likes to compare people too. It's just, it's, it's a difficult, you know, it's difficult for those guys like team or, you know, you know, like, you know, Wolf or other guys you just mentioned to just like live up to that kind of like, you know, billing, I guess, in a sense, or that kind of like standing. It's just like, it's really tough. Willie, go ahead.
2: Yeah, it's crazy how there being three guys probably really saved. Also, like it's skewed now because they've all won about – Twenty what seventeen to twenty, and if there were two of them, what then they're at like probably the both two guys have thirty plus slams, and like that's one of the, that would thirty plus slams with a feat is a feat that I don't know can ever happen in men's tennis, but like that would have been possible if I don't know Djokovic had never picked up a tennis racket or something like that.
0: What do you think? Like I guess maybe I'll I mean this is what I think about it, but like like I guess you know there there are guys who play tennis at a young age, right? Just like, you know, guys who go professionally usually play at a really young age, either a lot, you know, in, in a lot of different countries. And I, I the thing that amazes me is just like, you know, you see a lot of guys and even today you have, you know, better access to training, better access to, you know, getting more athletic, better. I mean, online, you have so many online tools to get yourself so much more skilled in the sport, even like tennis, right? But then the fact that these guys aren't maybe as skilled as those three, I just, I, I guess you guys might know it better than I do, but. I just don't really understand how those three just got so much more skilled than even like the younger generation, just because maybe it's the coach they had, maybe it's just the fact that they were just gifted athletically more so than these other guys. But when I look at that, I'm saying, you know, today you should have as good or better access to those kind of trainers and that kind of skill level in a sport like tennis, just because everything's so much more accessible due to social media, due to online sources, due to just the fact that people are more interactive than they ever had been before through those networks. I mean, I don't know if you guys know like definitive answer on that, but I mean, I, I, that just kind of shocks me. The fact that these guys who are older, you know, dot, like there's way more skill than everyone else below them. It just kind of, it's kind of scary.
1: It's definitely scary. <laughs> I think um, one of the things that actually the top guys, they've talked about at this point, I mean, yes, they're they're more skilled, but there are plenty of skilled guys, guys who probably are slightly more powerful than maybe Federer or Djokovic. I mean, some of those things that they do is the skills they have, no one else has. But, but what they've talked about is also the experience level. When you're talking about guys who have played in, I mean, Federer's probably played 40-plus Grand Slam finals. And then when someone's trying to take that on, I mean, you've got these players who've been watching them dominate uh since they were born basically or since a young age So that that's a huge mental barrier to overcome especially in an individual sport in a team sport you see that too with these young guys coming out playing in the nba but it's not the same i think uh in an individual sport not only are you battling that this iconic player but you're taking uh these huge events that you've been watching since a young age i mean these guys maybe haven't played on the center court of these huge tournaments very often and you're playing federer's been playing on these courts for the last 20 years. So it's, it's a huge barrier to overcome.
2: Yeah. I mean, for us, like we're all only D3 times players, but like, even when you're playing like a senior in college and you're a freshman, like wasn't so easy. And like, you're like, Oh man, this guy's been playing college tennis for so long. So. Damien.
3: Yeah. I mean, um, down the- awful. I think one of, <laughs> one of the biggest things, um, I think for the three guys, like Joe Christendale and Federer, that's like putting them over the top still is their ability to change as they get older. Like Federer, you know, switched to a larger racket, changed his back in a little bit. Rafa, I'm sure has changed a lot around. I'm not really sure, but like even Djokovic changed his diet, changed his outlook on life. Um, he was always hurt and he changed that really well. Now he's just unbreakable. So along with the experience, I think that's a really big thing that's helped them kind of be more intimidating now than ever.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, and I guess the, the, the last thing we can bring up, I mean, this is more due to you with you guys, but you know, um what have you guys been doing during this time I guess to keep your guys self-prepared I mean because I know there's a person in my town who's going to be a freshman at at Amherst next year um and I guess he I mean he's been playing tennis because he's got like a court in his backyard and stuff like that but we're like around his area but I don't know like what have you guys been doing I mean because it's it's not like you know easy I guess easily accessible in time to get courts time so you know what have you guys been doing
1: yeah, core time is uh, starting to be available again outdoors, so we can finally get back out there, but it's definitely been tough. I mean, for spring athletes, us, we we're getting ready to, tennis is the latest one to sort of start our main season, so we never even got to start. We we're getting ready to go out to California for our spring break, so to miss an entire season. Now, we do have a fall season. We're likely going to miss that. We're just hoping that we'll be able to play next spring, but as far as uh, staying active, it's it's hard to get into it when the thing we have to look forward to is hopefully playing next March. It's a little hard to hard to stay into it.
2: Yeah, I've been – I mean, yeah, it's tough. I'm not going to act like I've been playing every day. Um, I think mean, court time is hard, hard to come by. I've certainly been honing the golf game. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so. Yeah,
3: it's, I mean, it's hard to stay motivated when you don't know. What's going on? And that's too like we might not even go back to
0: school based on my last email. So I don't know. I haven't doing much I guess we're having some technical difficulties with Damien. Um but I mean we'll see if we can get back on. But if not, um I think I think this is probably a good time to wrap it up. Um guys, I mean again, I really appreciate you guys being on. Uh I definitely learned a lot more about tennis from this. Um, And definitely look forward to seeing you guys soon, whenever that is. And, yeah. And Damian, I hope we can fix those technical difficulties. But um, you too, Willie. Um, But it was good talking to you guys.
3: Thanks for having us, Mike.